from Chicago. You are listening to the new home of the Chicago Bears. ESPN Chicago. WMVP WSHE HB2 Chicago. Listen to us now, live on the ESPN Chicago app. Listen to the show in HD at 100.3 HD2 FM. Listen now on ESPN 1000. This is Waddle and Sylvie, ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. Hope your Tuesday's going well. Waddle and Sylvie inside the old National Bank studio. Snow's coming down now. It's changed over from rain most of the day. Hope your commute's going okay. At least downtown, it's not really sticking yet, but quite sloppy out there. You don't have the same visions as Cap for Friday, do you? Oh, no. Okay. Uh, absolutely not. Where where, where was that? Uh, you got that Cap drop of for us, Meller? Uh, 12 inches. Is that possible on Friday? He's hopeful. It's a lot of snow. That is a lot of snow. You sure he was talking about snow? Uh, That's what I assume. Uh, 12 inches, is that possible on Friday? You know what happens when you assume, Waddle. (laughs) Cap was listening. He wanted to weigh in on the Greg Maddox uh, free agency fiasco. What did he say? He said that Larry Himes screwed that up. And he wanted to weigh in. I go, you can weigh in when we get uh, going on the list. And we got it. Whenever Greg Maddox comes in, Man, you could call him that day. Spanked him right there. Well, well, I mean, like, let's not get into the list before the list starts. I said you I can. That's fair. No, uh, he can. I said you could be our guest that day when 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 it comes out. We're doing the fifty moments that we need to cut from our Chicago sports brain. Clip them out. Clip them out from the last fifty years. So this goes back to like nineteen seventy four. Um, but we have no news yet from Hallis Hall. There's been no announcement on Eberflus's future. What is today? Uh, what is on the agenda for today up there? It, today was supposed to be the day where they were sitting down with Eberflus, and like Patrick Finley uh, wrote about this, and it, it sort of goes with what I said about how it went down with Pace and Nagy. The year that they went eight and eight, and George and Ted wanted answers from those guys on how they were going to solve the quarterback situation going forward. So the premise was, if they didn't like what they heard, they they would have pivoted and gone a different direction. Like, like, like hey guys, tell us your eight and eight. Mitch isn't our answer, even though that you guys went to the playoffs, you lost to New Orleans. Mitch isn't our guy. How are you going to now take eight and eight and and solve the quarterback issue and now raise the bar and and become a better football so team? So Matt and Ryan, Nagy and Pace walked in as a team and had to explain right. that. Right. There was an this ATV. Is a, this is a different dynamic, right? Yeah. Because this is going to be the coach sitting across from the president and the general manager this time. Yes. And and the questions supposedly are going to be, hey, what are your answers at both OC and quarterback? What are you going to do with Justin? What do you think we should do at quarterback going forward? And who's your OC? Is it Getsy? Is it another guy? Who is it? And what are some of your solutions? Now, I don't know. I asked Carmen Yurko didn't think it's a job interview, but what, what else can it what else could it be? Um, meeting of the minds. Like, is it? Is it? Do they? 
Well, I think there's only, I mean, look, there's one guy in the room. There, okay, there's three guys in the room. There's one guy with the ultimate security. There's another guy with a ton of security and another guy that's got less security than the other guys. So they're all not on equal footing, I wouldn't think, in terms of how the organization views them. The only thing that I, I like, we, we kept hearing, you know, polls sing the praise of Eberflus from midseason when things were bad, when they acquired Sweat. And I'm like, oh, boy, he really, really likes him. And then at, at, at the pregame show, we played you the bite where he was raving about him again. It's either that he really, really believes him and he wants him to be the coach for a long, long time. Or the only other thing that I can think of is he loves the man and he's very thankful for guiding them to the place they are now. And has respect for it. And, and wants to give yeah. him a gigantic hug as he guides him out, out of the building. Well, we'll I and guess no we'll find will. out in the with next no, 24 to 48 hours with, how... With no ill will. Right. Like sometimes you just say, look... Get out. Not in that way. Like, thank you, thank you, thank you. But get out. But your services are, are, right. are no longer no, I mean, needed. It's listen, not you, it's, it's us. These guys are both first-time participants in their jobs. There's a tie there. They're both represented by the same agency. They came in at the same time. Like, so I can understand why that there's a bond that exists between them versus you know, Howie Roseman has been entrenched in the front office of the Eagles for years, right? So he didn't come in at the same time as Nick Sirianni. This is different because these guys came in at the same time. But as Charlie mentioned, he had to dismiss the head coach that won Philadelphia their Super Bowl. That's true. He, but my point is is that he is entrenched in his job sure. and can like his coach all he wants, but he's been there. They didn't get their kind of, I won't say as a package deal, but didn't arrive at the same time. Like when you arrive in a building oh, yeah. Yeah, as sure. a GM and a coach, like you're riding together. Right. Like I mean, that's a bond or that is a relationship that exists that I don't think there's a dynamic there that doesn't exist with like a Howie Roseman, Nick Sirianni relationship because Howie's been in the job for a lot longer. Didn't come in with Nick Sirianni. He brought Nick Sirianni. Yeah. Sure, sure. And as I, I, I've told the story before from the people that I've talked to inside the building, the way the hiring went down is we all remember there was that committee that they assembled with George and Ted. And then they had that, what, three or four person committee that they aligned with polls to go interview, or but this was before they even hired Pauls. They they had the committee with George and Ted, and they were hired. They were interviewing coaches and general managers, and first they hired Pauls, and the recommendation was from I believe it was um, Polian. Bill Polian was guiding them through this. Was Polian, and I believe it was George is they wanted Jim Caldwell. And the committee was they wanted Dan Quinn. So the two sort of different ways of this, the recommendation were those other two, Caldwell and Quinn. Polls and polls alone decided on Eberflus, like you mentioned, because of the tie with the agent. It was an arranged thing with the agent. So as you mentioned, they come in at the same time. He went out on a limb for Eberflus, passing up Quinn, who is very highly thought of in Dallas. So it's almost like 
he feels this bond to the man that he went out on a limb for two years ago. Certainly, that is a conclusion one could come to for sure. Um, I want to play you a couple of things. As, as I, wanted to, uh, I, I told you about the quarterback situation. Uh, this was Mel Kuyper on Get Up today. This is going to surprise you. I heard Shea play this for the boys this morning on Cap'n J. Hood. This was him talking about Justin Fields or Caleb Williams. There's something at the end here that is going to shock you. Grady, I've gone back and forth with this on almost a daily basis, and I thought about it last night and this morning. I'm back to Caleb. I'm back to Caleb Williams today, real time, because of this. People say, well, you stay with the known over the unknown, the known being Justin Fields. But they're all unknowns. Justin Fields is an unknown whether he can be a franchise quarterback. Caleb Williams, this year, if you say, well, he struggled, well, yeah, from the Arizona game one, he wasn't phenomenal, but hey, this kid doesn't throw interceptions. He had a higher completion percentage this year than he did last year when he was off the charts great. 93 touchdowns he was responsible for the last two years, includes 21 rushing touchdowns, 10 interceptions. To me, that's a chance for a grand slam, home run at the worst, maybe triple as opposed to maybe a double for Justin Fields, who I had as the second highest rated quarterback when he came out behind Trevor. So I like mm-hmm. Justin Fields, but if you can get the eighth pick from Atlanta in a trade and, and draft Caleb Williams, uh, then I think you're setting yourself up very well for the future. So as we speak right now, if I'm the Bears, I'm taking Caleb Williams number one overall and trading Justin Fields. The eighth pick for yeah, Justin Fields. Yeah. I that's one part of Mel's presentation that left me most, hmm. That is an awful high pick to give. Yeah, I, I would I be I can't shocked. imagine that the Falcons would be willing to do that. But like Rex Ryan, as you were saying upstairs, Rex Ryan was telling everyone that if he was the, the Patriots just a couple of weeks ago, Patriots had a top five pick then. They have a top three pick now. He was like, I'd give him my first round pick. So I don't know what the I, I don't ultimately if that's the route they go I don't know what the compensation would be, but a, a the eighth overall pick of the draft that is that is significantly higher than anything that anybody has floated out there before. Yeah, I, I don't know if that was Mel just like I, it was really funny because I watched this segment and then Joey Galloway was on after and and, and Greeny asked Galloway and he goes well first of all I got to talk at my own pace because Mel makes me uncomfortable I'm not going to try to speak as fast as he did I don't know if Mel kind of got out and you know just didn't realize what he was saying but like the eighth maybe he does I, I mean the eighth pick sounds awful high we should have a mindset it sounds very high to me yeah. like I think at best at best and I still think that this could be far-fetched I was telling you guys at best could you get a first round pick from the Falcons in the 2025 draft where they say we don't want to give you a second round pick this year we'd rather give you a future first round pick in 2025 because we don't want we want to put all compensation into this year's team and we'll give you a fur, a future first round pick because we expect to be a good team and then it's it's in the 20s yeah I, these things are I don't have a great feel for what guys are willing to give up for players draft pick wise people some people i guess all teams still use the chart but i don't know i don't know what they'd be willing to give up that seems really high though yeah it seems very i mean uh, listen, the eighth overall pick l- l- listen, you do I, that in a heartbeat I, I don't think there would be any doubt that that would that would solidify whatever ryan poles's decision is that would be icing on the cake or if not icing on the cake would make his decision even more difficult if he was leaning the other way. Here's uh, Albert Breer on with Cap and Jay Hood today. Breer was great. 
Get the entire interview on the Cap and J Hood podcast page on the ESPN Chicago app. Uh, some good Caleb Williams stuff. Caleb coming into the year was seen as a once in every five or ten years type of prospect. Is he still that guy? He had an up and down year. And I think like a lot of teams are going to have to fix for the personality stuff. And that's not saying he's a bad kid or anything like that. But there's a lot around him. Um, you know, you're going to have to dig into his family, his dad. You know, his dad's been a big part of everything. And I know that there's perception out there among NFL teams that a lot of the stuff that you see that you might have concerns about is actually his dad and not him. Um, there's a lot of stuff for NFL teams to dig through on that. But, I mean, the one thing he has going for him is everyone in that USC program loves him. And that makes you think, like, like Mahomes. So that comparison's come up a lot, right? So I had somebody from the Chiefs organization once tell me that they thought that Mahomes' greatest accomplishment is how normal a person he is because of everything that's around him, right? Mm -hmm. Like, he's just got a lot going on around him. And I think, like, with Caleb, you sort of look at some of these things, too. It's like, okay, like, maybe he has some things around him going on that make you a little nervous, but he's always been sort of able to cut through that and, and, and play good football and be really well-liked in every program he's been in. So that caught everyone's ear, and Cap heard that as well and, and asked the follow-up, boy, this, this doesn't go with all the buzz that you're hearing online about Caleb Williams being well-liked. What about this thought that, that you've heard that now they're finally a team in this bowl game? Um, it goes against what you've heard about Caleb Williams being well-liked. So this was the follow-up. Like, honestly, um, I know some guys in that staff pretty well that I trust hmm? who really like him. You know, and so, I mean, look, like, you know, again, there's a lot going on around him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and that's, and that's the thing is, like, um, you know, he's had, like, a very different college experience, you know, going to Oklahoma, starting as a true freshman, transferring after his freshman year because his coach left. So, um, you know, I, I, I think that there's, there, there's stuff that you have to dig into, no question. But, like, the people I've talked to say he's very, very well-liked in that program. I've talked to scouts that have gone through there that say he's well-liked in that program. And, um, and look, like, you know, I'm, I'm not – this is a massive decision for the Bears. It'll be a massive decision for the Commanders at number two and the Patriots at number three. You have three teams that need quarterbacks right there at the top of the order. Um, so you're going to have to dig into all of that. Uh, but, you know, in the end, I think, you know, you, you, you see a player in Caleb Williams who's well-liked by people around him, who's a great competitor, who's tough, um, and who I think is the sort of quarterback you're absolutely going to be able to build around in the NFL. Does that ease your mind a little bit about Caleb Williams? I can't necessarily sit here and tell you that my mind wasn't at ease. Like, I, this, these are all things that the general manager of our football team has to investigate. Now, I mean, I, it would leave me uneasy if I didn't think that Ryan Poles was going to spend the next several weeks, if not months, turning over every stone and asking every difficult question. But I know he's going to do that. So, yeah, I'm not. A lot of that stuff to me, good, bad and different, whatever it is, I just treated as noise until, you know, we get an opportunity to dig deeper. My theory on Caleb Williams is we got bored with him. Because he's been in the spotlight for even before he went to USC. He came in at Oklahoma and had a lot of big moments. But he wins a Heisman and he comes back for another year. And it's like, now what? Well, it's kind of hard to repeat a Heisman season. So I've always been under the impression that 
we got almost used to it, and we no longer became impressed by what he's capable. I of. I don't know if you watch that. Like, if you're like me, that isn't a huge college guy, college fan, and didn't watch a lot of Caleb Williams football because you were out on a Saturday night, out to dinner, and weren't watching. You drink you, yeah, watch uh, drinking and, and eating, and then you you sat down for this Notre Dame USC game, or maybe a couple of other Caleb Williams games this year. And you said, ooh, ooh, what's going on here, Charlie? Like, I, the, Notre what, what? Dame, the Notre Dame game everyone is going to point to, and I understand that. But I, I do think, like, Justin Fields had three interceptions against Indiana. Like, quarterbacks are going to sure. have these bad games. Yeah, of course. So I just think the body of work and every, like, I know the, 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 the Pac-12 is probably thought of as having terrible defenses. There were some good defenses in the Pac-12 this year that he did all right again. Like, he put up a lot of points against UCLA. They had a really good defense. So. The truck wagon. He's carrying uh, Caleb Williams with him. I'm a Caleb Williams guy. I could tell. Uh, let's, uh, all right, let's go to Isaac in L.A. Isaac, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up? Isaac. Isaac. I think Isaac just dropped. Oh, come on. All the way from L.A. Let's go to Jim in Belvedere. What's up, Jimmy? Hey, guys. Um, one thing that I just think of with uh, the whole thing of going after Harbaugh, I think it says a lot about um, <clears throat> Kevin Warren as the president and the future of the, the Bears. Um, when you look at what Theo did when he came with the Cubs, like, yeah, Renteria had an okay year. They could have stayed with him, but he went out and got Joe Mad. Then even after last year, the Cubs, like, <clears throat> Ross was fine, but then they went out and they got the top guy. So I think if you're going to pursue championships as you know an organization and as a president, uh, you go out and you get the top guy like Harbaugh. So yeah, that's uh, all I got to say. So thanks, guys. And we don't know. We don't know what the Bears are up to. We no don't idea. know if Kevin Warren's into no idea what's in, going on. into going. So we have not heard. No one seems to know what's really going on at Hallis Hall today. One thing that is going on, Sylvie, Ian Rappaport reporting that uh, the Chargers are also requesting to interview Ian Cunningham. So they're the second team now. Yeah, I don't think Ian Cunningham's going to be with our organization the upcoming season. He's going to get hired by somebody. You think so? Yes. I think that there were people that, that were looking to talk to him last year, right? Yes. And but that would, mean to... a, that would mean a comp pick, right, for right. the Bears? Oh, I, th- I heard the guys this morning talking about it. I think it would be two third-rounders. Two for him? I think that's what Cap and Jonathan were talking about today. He needed to be here for a couple of years. So, like, yes, the, the compensation would start this year. Um, and then at first, I, I didn't, like, I wasn't sure because things got off to a rocky start. But, yes, now that some of the moves that the Bears have made have, have bared fruit, you would think. But oh, the, yeah. Somebody's going to be interested in, in Ian Cunningham and, and more than likely sign him to be their general manager. Will in Peoria, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Will? Hey, guys. You know, I just wanted to make a couple of points regarding the last couple of callers. You know, the one kid talked about uh, that uh, Eberflus is, is, was better than Tressman and John Fox. Well, first of all, Tressman had a better record after two seasons than uh, Eberflus did, and they launched him. And John Fox went to a Super Bowl. So if you guys remember 10 years ago, they brought in, like, Ernie Acorsi or something to, like, be an advisor to the Bears to help them figure out what's the best plan for winning moving forward. Let's take a look at this. Justin Fields did not significantly 
improve his play this year compared to last year. And that's the measuring stick. I'm not saying Justin Fields isn't a good player, but for whatever reason, he did not improve this year. So I think as a Bears fan, and I speak for millions of people, that we would be perfectly okay if the Bears traded Fields for a second-round pick, got someone decent, used our first-round pick to bring in Caleb Williams, and hire a new head coach. We would be okay with that. Is it Harbaugh? I don't know. Tom, you played with him. He seems like he'd be a great pick. But the only people I'm hearing him talk about that is you guys. So what's the probability, in your guys' opinion, for what I said about Fields' play compared to last year not significantly improving, which makes the decision easier? I actually, like, like Will, I, I think that he has much improved. Uh, Justin has. Now the question will become with Ryan Poles, has he improved enough to forego using the first overall selection on somebody else? I watched the, the, the Packer game again today, and i got to be honest with you, Justin Fields was the least of my worries watching that game. The offensive line was a mess. Um, defensively, they got pushed around at the line of scrimmage. Jordan Love did whatever he really wanted. Like I, There may have been a couple of plays where you look at and you say, well, Justin, you got to be a little bit quicker with something here, but I thought Justin was more than fine in that game. So I don't look at, I guess the point I'm making is, is I've seen progress. Again, the question up there is, is, is it enough to move off and, and go in a different direction? But I wouldn't say that there hasn't been progress. I've seen a lot of progress. In fact, one of the things that I think more than anything is I keep hearing Eberflus saying towards the end of the season, well, the message was, what was it, 200? He kept yes. saying 200. 200. Two touchdowns, a rushing touchdown or a, a, and a passing touchdown or a combination, zero sacks and zero turnovers. i got to be honest with you. I think when he came back from the injury with that message ringing in his head all the time, there were opportunities that he was not willing to take because I think that that was too too much a part of his his. Mentality. Playing not to lose. Yes, because of the message that came. As long as we don't turn it over, you're going to be fine. And then I think that's why I said to you, like, it was night and day when you put on the tape of the Atlanta game. And it almost felt like my last home game here, potentially, I'm going to cut it loose. And he did all of the stuff that we were looking for him to do in terms of being aggressive and pushing the ball downfield and trusting what you're seeing. I thought I saw some of those things. They didn't have the ball very often. You know, I mean, they didn't have a ton of plays against the Packers. So, but uh, I think there has definitely been progress again. Again, I will say it comes down to whether or not the general manager feels there's been enough to move forward with him. All right, 312 332 3776. We'll take your phone calls coming up. Michael Wilbon is uh, not only going to join us today as he does now on Tuesdays, he's going to join us in studio so you can not only listen on the espn chicago app 100.3 hd2 of course on espn 1000 but you can watch us on youtube live search espn chicago and of course twitch uh you know what i have found that sunday snacking is a bit of a guilty pleasure for me uh, especially during the football season because i love eating chips and wings and guess what i like to do with them i like to dip them that's right I used to make dips, the wife and I. My brother, he also loved a good dip. The secret to a good marriage? Exactly. Making dip yes, together. Like being in the kitchen together and making things, Maller. Daisy sour cream, you used to have, to have to add the seasoning packs. But I just found out a while ago, and there's a bunch of the product upstairs, that now Daisy started making the French onion and ranch dip. Uh, and they're available at all major retailers. So, like, you don't have to do all the hard work any longer. So dip a dollop with Daisy Dips. I'm just telling you, is the MVP of snacks. 
French onion and creamy ranch. And if you're like Meller and you like to eat healthy, get one of those veggie platters, all right? And the Daisy's brand new sour cream dips made with America's favorite sour cream, no preservatives. Burst of flavor like sour cream and onion or ranch flavors. And then Meller can take his carrots and his broccoli and his celery and his cauliflower or his cauliflower mm. And uh, do a little dipping, the ultimate touchdown for your taste buds, no doubt. Dip a dollop with Daisy Dips and set the flavor bar high. French onion and creamy ranch. They are party legends, people. Creamy. Waddle and Sylvie, from our State Street studio to your hellish commute home. We're there with you, making it bearable. Never mind. Back to Waddle and Sylvie on ESPN Chicago. Then Meller said, cauliflower. Cauliflower. Is that very Chicago-y? I don't know if it's a Chicago thing, but I have people in my life who live in Chicago who call it cauliflower. I'm one of those people in your life. Cauliflower. I call it cauliflower. 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 Say it, Meller. Cauliflower. No, it's it. Well, you normally say cauliflower. Cauliflower. Uh, you're closer to cauliflower than I am. I feel like when you call it cauliflower. Never really uh, thought about it, but Do you, you like guys it? called it to my attention. I like it raw better than I like it cooked. I like it cooked, but you can't. You can't. You can't let it, it. Mush, can't keep mushy. mushy. So okay. there's a fine line. Okay. Still got to have a little bit of crunch. Yeah, to I'm it. with you on that. How, How do like, you guys feel? Sort of like broccoli as well. You I can't, can't overcook broccoli. I don't like overcooking. How do you guys feel about the cauliflower rice? Eh. To, to, to be healthier, I know you're not. Yeah. Yeah. Like this is like the new health craze. If you instead of having all the carbs from rice, rice, you make <laughs> rice that's made with cauliflower. It, yeah, my wife does that. I'm not into that. I cook the rice in bone broth. It'll give you some extra oh. protein. Okay. They used to have this the great appetizer. Do you do, are you talking regular well. rice or cauliflower rice? Just regular rice. So, Did you but ever, like, I'm still getting the carbs, but you're at least getting some protein if you cook it in a bone You look broth. great, too, Charlie. Oh, thanks. Um, did you ever get the, uh, up at the pub, the Deer Path Inn, did you ever get the appetizer, the cauliflower, uh, the buffalo cauliflower? Where I, they would I, take I the cauliflower yeah. in buffalo sauce, like buffalo right. wings sauce. Except you're having cauliflower. Yeah. Right. It's like healthier for you than I having know. buffalo wings. Yeah. They took it off the menu. Yeah, no, it was my, my go to. You know, my wife loved it. Oh, did she? Oh, she was very disappointed. Like the calamari there. That's what my usual go to. I like the hot ass chicken sliders. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. It's good. Oh, boy. And it's like you get three of them. And they're all like good-sized chicken breasts. It's not like these little tiny things. It's like they took three chicken breasts, they cooked them, they dropped them in hot sauce, and then they put them on your plate and called them sliders. They're hot ass. Hot ass. That's what you got the next morning, too, but they're delicious. I don't know if you guys saw this, speaking of food and drink. Did you see some of the drink prices at the national championship game? I did not. I feel like we talk about this every year. Where the national championship game... Some of these events happen, and, and they just feel like they can rob you. rob you. They might as well just say, give me your wallet, and here's a drink. Just eh, give me all your money. Give me all your money. This was a drink. I think it was a mixed drink, like some sort of a mixed vodka or tequila drink. It wasn't like a, a totally fancy drink. Yeah. I saw it on social media. 
and it wasn't like some yardstick drink. So it wasn't like uh, a, 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 a huge drink. It was a normal size drink. How much do you believe it was going for? $24. Higher. Get out of here. No. How many ounces is it? We don't, like just a, a standard I don't have, drink? I don't have it for sure. Uh-huh. But I just saw it. On, it was on social media last night. I think it was on Instagram. Someone posted. They, it lo- looked to me like a 16-ounce drink. But they probably put it into a, it's like a fancy plastic glass to make you feel better about spending right, $30. It was blue. It was blue. $30? It was $33.55. Get out of here. Wow. More of a Dollarita guy. Yeah, I mean, a do- can you imagine paying $35 for no. a drink? Can't. No. For one drink at a game. You can't even splurge to buy a round for people if you're at the gate. You know what I mean? Like splurge to buy a drink for yourself. And, you can't you, even afford. And, and you know it's not a good drink. Like it's not a well handmade cocktail. No, or no they're like, like that. and this is the type it's of all drink mixed. they're measuring it, Charlie. Yeah. Like in just the one shot, they're just measuring the one me. shot. That's not for me. Not for you. No, you might as well just get the beer yeah. because you know you're going to get how much booze I'm getting. Yes. Out. That's no, terrible. I don't, I don't want to send out the wrong message. You know, it's not all about. There is, you know, there's a. I enjoy the taste of a good beer, but don't. I. I don't drink non-alcoholic beer. I think you just got to show up to that game poop-faced. It's the only way to do it. <laughs> save save, your, really save yourself. Well, yeah, you don't have to. Eh, I mean, if you want to, or you just it. bring a flask in. No, I didn't mean that. <laughs> Plastic flask. Way to teach him young, Waddle. Well, you're the one that has the water bottle filled with alcohol or like vodka in it. Right. Right. That's a solid move. Just water. And you try and fit like the um, the grooves of the top where you make it look like it hasn't been opened yet. Right. Boy, that is a lot, of, that's a lot of vodka. Yeah, yes, yes. Spread it around. Spread the wealth. That's a good point. You can bring it in for, uh, for yeah, a couple of people. It's sealed. Sealed. Hasn't been opened you just, yet. You know what? It's a bottle of water. You, you, you actually, you put them on your scent when you go to the uh, concession stand and ask for tonic. That's when you actually, you so know. You go, go for lemonade. I know, I you know. You just get a lemonade. Yeah. Everyone likes a good lemonade no in a game. Doubt. That's what I would do. Do you have sugar and two dashes of Angostura bitters back there by any chance? <laughs> You're a bartender, aren't you? That's old fashioned. Do you have dry vermouth? <laughs> what is your go-to drink? What is the drink that you make best, Charlie? Um, I make a I make a pretty good old fashioned. You got to use the demerara syrup. I think Carmen's talked about that, but that it's very rich and it's not. It's like rich without. It's deeper without being significantly sweeter. If that makes sense. Waddle well, and I don't know any. I don't know yet. anything about that. <laughs> I'm not. Yeah, other, I'm not. You're speaking a foreign I language. I'm so simple when one, it comes the, to that. One of the best thing, like one of the easiest things that I came up with. Everybody loves. I I didn't come up with it, but everybody loves Moscow mules. So it's just yes. a Moscow mule with a little bit of cranberry juice. I've never had one. I love Moscow mules. Very good. Yes. An uh, ass having an ass drink. <laughs> right. You've used right. that line before. But I don't think so. I just made true. that one up, no, too. No, I think you... Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, let's go to Nick in Norwich. Nick, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up? Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. You so my issue with getting rid of Justin Fields is Caleb Williams is a shorter, weaker, less powerful version of Justin Fields. So why would we just get, like, a Justin Fields light version and I, I don't I'm, – I'm like Sylvie. I'm not a huge college guy, but I always watch for prospects. And this year I watched at least six games of Caleb Williams, 
and the majority of his plays are really just college highlight reel plays where he's scrambling, and it almost looks like similar to how Johnny Manziel used to scramble. But in the NFL, those plays don't work, those scrambling plays. Like, if we're going to get rid of Justin Fields, get me a prospect that you're going to tell me is going to be an assassin in the pocket, and then we lose the spectacular scrambling. But, I mean, I, I totally go for the next Joe Burrow, Andrew Luck, Peyton Manning. You know, give me a pocket guy. Don't give me a smaller version of Fields, because why not just keep developing Fields at that point? Uh, look, I don't know how the the, uh, the Ryan Poles and his staff feel about it. Maybe they feel that Drake May is going to be a better professional quarterback. I have no idea. They've not given you any hints. None. Maybe they decide that they're not going to draft a quarterback. They're going to move forward with Justin. And they can't pass up the opportunity the to move to the trade pick. down. Yes. Maybe they move down and they draft a quarterback somewhere else in the draft. I, Ke- I mean, I don't, I don't know what they're going to do. Caleb is a more, isn't Caleb Williams a more accurate thrower of the football and can play better from the pocket? Look again. As I, of now, I, I, what that, people think. That would, look, these would be gross generalizations for me because I haven't sat down and watched right. the film. I do believe that that is the explanation or the description that I have heard, that the ball comes out, um, that, that there is timing there. He can do all of that stuff. Um, whether or not the size bothers them, I don't know. I'm interested. Like, look, i got to get through this week. And then next week, my goal is, I have it on my goal sheet, is to watch some college football tape. You don't have. A I don't goal have a goal sheet. sheet. No, <laughs> but uh, I do. Like I'm still trying to process everything from the Bears this week. But then next week I'll look at it. And again, I will give you the full disclosure then as well. I'm not a college football analyst. I'm not a college football expert. So I can tell you what I can see. But like that's why the guys up at Hallisall are paid what they're paid to do. So we'll see what they're going to do. I would like to hear something come out of there sooner rather than later about something. Mm. They're keep, quiet. I keep following uh, Twitter to see if there's any uh, anybody breaking anything. Nothing yet. Uh, Isaac in L.A., you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Isaac? Yo, what's good, fellas? Uh, first of all, it is cauliflower. Cauliflower. Secondly, why, so secondly, why, why, why cauliflower and not cauliflower? That's the proper way to, to say it? Guide. I don't know. I mean, being from Chicago, like a lot of people are from, you know, they're, they're children of implants from the south or from other places and you know it sounds very southern collie i don't know cauliflower it sounds like something my grandfather would have said or grandma how to pronounce cauliflower i'm listening i've got a list i'm pretty sure yeah i'm pretty sure it's the wrong pronunciation but it's the pronunciation so let's just, let's just go like with that, that. Okay. i like the way I you like phrase it. that that's I, good I, you know what sell it i'll buy it uh also have a sazerac Talking about cocktails, have a Sazerac. Fantastic. A what? A Sazerac? Uh, a Sazerac. What is in a yeah. Sazerac? Sazerac has an absinthe, absinthe rinse in the glass. Um, what is that, Kodiak by the way? Let's start from the very beginning. Yeah. What is that? An absinthe? Absinthe, absinthe is just like, it's an, it's anise. It's an anise liqueur. Like in, okay, time out. Come on. Like, like I, hate to, I hate to be Isaac. Back I hate to again. be the dumb guy in the room again. But, but back it up. But yeah, we got to back up another step. <laughs> what was that, that you just described? Anise. Okay, A N I S E. So you've heard of you've heard of absinthe before. It used to be like illegal in America because it makes you hallucinate, and so people would go to Amsterdam and drink it and get all messed up and go you know go crazy. But now it's legal in America, um, and so you rinse your glass with that, and then you take a sugar cube or simple syrup if you're in a pinch. Simple okay. syrup, cognac, um, and pecho bitters. It's kind of like a it's kind of like a French 
old fashioned. It's like the main cocktail that they make in New Orleans. Like okay. you can't, it's, it's just fantastic with a little lemon twist at the end. Sounds so, is very I'm, sweet. Like yeah, in, I'm not a big sweet drink. Guy. Yeah, it's not. It's not as sweet, especially if they if they make it booze forward. You'll be fine, and that's what you want. So. Can I, like, can I drink multiple, you know, of these, or this is just, like, one? One is the only, you can only have one. No, Waddle, if I, as much as I listen to you, I think you're going to want more than one. Okay, so. all right. Yeah. <laughs> the most well-dressed um, man on the planet just walked in, too, Isaac. Yeah, Mike Wilbon, Wilbon just, just walking in. Go ahead. What's hey, your thought, Isaac? Wilbon. Yo, if, if, if Mike Wilbon says hello to me and says my name on the radio, that will make All right, hold on. So we'll we'll we got to get here. We'll, get you, we'll, we'll get, have him give you a shout-out. He says his dream come true is to have you give it's him a Isaac shout out. It's Isaac in on the Los radio. Angeles, okay? So Isaac's in Los Angeles, Mike, and he said he if if you could say uh, hello to him, it would make his day. Oh, Isaac! If my plane hadn't gotten canceled out of O'Hare, I'd be on the way to L.A. right now. Hey, well, when you get out here, we can have a size right. You know, I'm I'm trying to get there. I got to get there for his countdown tomorrow. But that's I'm why well, I came to well, Chicago. You got to break it up in the winter. You yeah, know what's yeah, you have to. I was surprised when I when I heard that you were in town. Well, I was supposed to be on a flight now. I was going to come in, do PTI, not on a flight, but race to O'Hare. What, but, better, what know, better way to spend your time than to absolutely. come in with us? And Isaac, you're going to have to buy him a taffy apple and a Diet Coke. I don't think he's yeah. going to drink the alcohol. It's been like a year and a half. Okay, we, well, we, can, okay. we can call it a taffy. No I alcohol, but, apple. that's you know. fine. Okay. All right, so All what's right. on your mind? Uh, two quick things. So this process was... I, I think Iberflu should be gone. I'm not even going to talk about Justin Fields. Iberflu should be gone. But if he is not gone, then we'll know. This is going to tell us the usefulness or lack thereof of Kevin Warren and Ryan Poles, and that this is a George decision. Because you bring Iberflu back, this is the same guy who, when he brought, when he explained why he brought Pace and Nagy back, it was about how he impre- how impressed he was that they steered the ship during a six game losing streak. So that lets us know that. George clearly values losing gracefully, and Matt Eberflus has done that very gracefully. So that's why you bring him back. And two, the feather in Eberflus's cap I keep hearing people talk about is this turnaround that happened during the season as if he wasn't the head coach when the team before the turnaround. Right. And sure, he did call the defense, but my biggest thing with that is it's a chicken-egg situation. Who would you credit more for the defense turning around, Matt Eberflus or Montez Sweat? That's all I got to say. I'm listening. Fair points, Isaac. Fair points. Uh, it is always funny, isn't it, that you get credit for cleaning up a mess that many would suggest to you you were one of the causes of the mess, said mess. Right, Mike? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I will say this to Isaac and anybody else. I was just talking to my producer at PTI, Eric Ridehome, who, like me, grew up here. And who, like me, has spent, you know, he's a little younger than me, but basically 60 years of his life living and dying with every move the Bears have made. And I said to Eric, as I walked out of the PTI studio down here at Big Shoulders a few blocks away, I said, so Eric, what do you got today? And we we both started laughing because he knew exactly what I meant because we're going to change our minds. My only problem was the people who were so certain of themselves. I don't trust anybody who feels that certain. Because I've done this Especially on on Twitter. Well, Twitter, you guys are... I gave that up like two years ago for Lent and never oh, went back. Oh, boy. It's, um, it's a rough place. It, it, I, don't, I, I literally don't look at it. You know, I still have more than four million followers. I don't yeah. look at it. I, I can and You I believe can people stuff. can come to a long-term opinion on who you are, what you like, what you do in your spare time, and everything else by reading no. 15 words? And they can't, you can't even do it when you've got 18 weeks plus camp of trying to. You can't. There's sometimes. This is, this is hard. 
uh, this is very, very difficult. I was one who, eight weeks in, wanted Ibraflu's gone. Would have been okay with them firing him during like you know midseason. And then I do think there is growth. I do believe you can preside over something you might have been overseeing a mess you might have been overseeing early. That's why people continue to practice and get better and learn and evolve. They get better when when they're good at it. Not everybody's good at it. I don't know if Ibraflus is the answer, but I don't know that he's not. You know what I mean? I don't know that Justin Fields is the answer. I don't know. Right. And and, and by the way, somebody has got to be able to say, if you're not saying I'm not sure, I don't trust you. And I would say this, Mike, like when you evaluate whether it's the left tackle, the quarterback, the coach, whoever it is, it's an organization, your job is to get better. That's like right. if I've got a better option at left tackle, what are they, what's Ryan Poles going to do? He's going to go seek a better option at left tackle. If he's got a better option at coach available, is it incumbent on him to actually at the very least vet that opportunity? Yes. Now, Jim Harbaugh, yes. let's just use Jim Harbaugh as, as the example. Jim has succeeded on a number of levels at a number of places. Jim Harbaugh is a more accomplished coach than Matt Eberflus. I'm not trying to trash Matt Eberflus. I'm not trying to say anything bad about him. I think he's done some nice things here. But Jim Harbaugh is not going to be available at all times. He's available possibly now. So if he's available now, isn't it incumbent on you as the person running a franchise to pursue that in a manner, at least investigate it? To see, they should have. There's no way, knowing Kevin Warren a little bit, there's no way that they haven't investigated. That's what they've been doing for the past six weeks. That's what they should be doing: straight up investigation and back channel. You talk to everybody who talks to Jim Harbaugh. You do. You, You talk to Jack Harbaugh. You talk to whomever you need to do, not just Harbaugh. He's not the only guy you're investigating. You're investigating other people as well, other people that you think could be your coach. And you're finding out that I said this a number of times to you guys. You're finding out what they think of Fields vis-a-vis Matt, uh, uh, Drake May and, and Caleb Williams. Nobody you, better than Jim Harbaugh to give you some input on they, that. They should know exactly what Jim Harbaugh thinks of Justin Fields and Drake May and Caleb Williams already. That's they're not doing their jobs if they don't. And I know Kevin Warren to do his job. It's why, like the argument that you and I got into, you guys got in an argument when you wow, were gone. I can't believe when that. Dion you was guys here, would actually yeah, yeah. argue about something sports related. Yeah, the, 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 it was good. It was the, good stuff. The, the funniest part was is that Dion was fully on my side, and then when Wilbon got on the show, Dion went silent. And then completely... She flipped? Oh, uh, yeah. Flip-flopped. I agree with you, Michael. Like, as soon as Wilbon got on the show. But anyway. He's a very, but, but he's this, a very but, persuasive guy. Oh, of course he is. This is how difficult this situation is. Listen, I get, you know I I've get been it. texting with you guys. We text all the time. And there's some time I get off of a text with Sylvia. And I'm like, you know what? This makes more sense than what I was thinking before the text. Because you, you, when you, first of all, the, the people we're talking about are people who are invested in this and have followed sports enough, all, a variety of sports. And you know how front offices work or don't work. We know what happens with drafts. We know what happens with scouting to some degree. These things are inexact. Absolutely. And, and that's why I'm saying the same thing that your story you're telling now, Sylvia, about Dion. I, I, I feel differently than I did last Tuesday. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, and here's the thing that I want to bring up about that conversation is even more about Harbaugh is with you saying how difficult this is 
And if you're not admitting to yourself with Justin Fields that if you don't know, then you're not being honest with yourself. Right. Or if you're not saying that this isn't a hard decision. So with this being such a hard decision, why wouldn't you want the best person in your corner to help you make this decision? The man, Jim Harbaugh, who did this with Alex Smith, resurrecting I his agree, career, who you. developed Colin Kaepernick, coached against Justin Fields, and knows all of this. Do you want to go into this decision with Matt Eberflus, who doesn't even know who his offensive coordinator may be? If I could do this, Sylvie... With Jim Har- You know what I've been saying? All I've been saying this for three years. You know Harbaugh's going to become available at some point because he just he's going to wear out a welcome. He'll wear out one here, too, if he comes here. But he's going to win before that. I, his track I'll take a 10-year. What is it, nine years or 10 years in Michigan? Nine years? Nine. nine. I'll take a nine-year run with Jimbo. We're not getting a nine-year run with Jimbo. <laughs> but that's okay. I'll, I'll take a six-year winning I, run. I, I, I would, you know, it, yes. Okay, so you and I are not fighting. We agree completely on this. You go and you get the, the, to me, sports more than ever, even though I hate analytics, oh, largely. Sports more than ever is about intel. Now, my, the intel I like is informational, is anecdotal. It's, it's, it's feel, it's instinct, it's eyes. You know, what is, I test. I trust the eye test sometimes much more than I trust other junk. So, yes, I, remember I said to you guys, I want to know three weeks ago what Jim Harbaugh thinks of Justin Fields vis-a-vis Caleb Williams, Drake May, Bo Nix. I want to know what he thinks of all of them. And you don't tell me you can't find that information. Of course you can. People, First of all, people listening to us, and this is the, the advantage we have and why we work in this industry, they have no idea the gossip level of people involved in running a team. Any given team, any team, from Little League to elite <laughs> teams in MLB, NHL, NBA, NFL. They have no idea. All the talking. The, the talk that goes on all day, every day. And so I, we do. I do. Because I know. Because I can show you text messages from crazy coaches at 3.47 a.m. on my own phone. And, and my I'm, first question is, why aren't you sleeping? Not you, them. You know, and you know what? That is they're great not, question. They're not supposed to be asleep, right? They're supposed they to be bothered. Be. At three forty-seven. No, they should that. be bothered. You can't. You can't devote all the energy you need to devote to your job if you only sleep in two hours. All right, both of you guys, hold hold your thoughts. I want to continue the point. conversation coming up next. Wilbon's in studio. If you want to talk to Michael Wilbon, three one two three three two three seven seven six. Continue this thought. I want to ask you a question of something that was going on in a certain place last night. The only you can tell us what was really going on, and the two of us can't. Goodness. Okay, it's coming up next.